This is the Washington State Indivisible Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Cox. This week, we officially begin our coverage of the 2022 midterm election, and we are doing it with an emphasis on how you can get involved. It is now April, and we have a ton of opportunities. We're going to hear from leaders from both Port Townsend Indivisible and Seattle Indivisible this week, talking about all the ways that you can help with this most crucial of elections. Up first this week is Annalie McConnell. She is co-coordinating Indivisible Port Townsend's election project called WITH, and she is here this week to talk about a number of volunteer opportunities that they have on offer for folks looking to get involved. Annalie, it's such a pleasure. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. Glad to be on the show. Well, we're so glad to have you here, and I'm so excited to talk about everything that you're doing. And in fact, you know, we're preparing for this. We both compared notes on how we knew that 2022 and this whole midterm election was going to be really, really challenging this year. And I know that you've been preparing for this since fall of last year, right? That's right. We decided um, in the fall here in Port Townsend that uh, our indivisible group should get going really early to put together a structure for involving people from Port Townsend in the midterm elections in key states. And we kind of took our lesson from Stacey Abrams, who showed us that you have to do this year round. It does not work to try to win an election starting in August. Um, just doesn't it doesn't work that way. So I in my mind's eye, I see all the heads nodding to what you're saying right now. We got to have that permanent ground game. And we're no exception here in Washington. So it's really, really great that you are taking this on as early as you have. Um, first, I will ask you before we get into the things that you're doing specifically, what does WITH stand for? So with uh, Arizona and Pennsylvania stands for Washington Indivisible Teams Helping. It took Perfect. a while to come up with the acronym that would work really well, but we think we hit it on the nail. The nail Excellent. On yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so you, you mentioned that you're working with Arizona and, and Pennsylvania. Why did you select those two states in particular? We were looking for states that had um, key races at the Senate level, U.S. Senate, House, but also at the state level, because there is such a huge impact that the state, um, the top executives like the governor and attorney general, secretary of state, and the legislatures have on the whole country in terms of voting rights, abortion, just a whole host of climate change, things that we really care about. So we were looking for something up and down ballot. And those two states checked off on all the criteria that we were looking at. Yeah, I mean, we certainly know that there are very important Senate races in both states. But yeah, you're looking up and down the ballot, which is great. What organizations are you working with on the ground in those states? We did quite a, a process of figuring out who to work with. And interestingly enough, we ended up deciding to work with the Democratic Party in both cases. Mm. And that was partly because, um, to their credit, they had started really early involving people in phone banking and so on. They were I think taking some lessons from uh, states like Wisconsin, where they have shown that the Democratic Party works best when it's a year-round engagement kind of operation. You're talking about Ben Wickler's operation out there, and exactly. he is doing a pro exactly. job for sure, right? Exactly. So we were we expected to be ready by the beginning of this year to be on the phones, and those two organizations were ready to have phoners. So that was a big part of our decision. So you mentioned phones. I know that you are primarily focused on phone banking. You're doing a little bit of text banking, but um, you and I talked also about this when we were preparing. Uh, it's no secret that people really don't like phone banking. And I know that you have kind of a, a special way of getting people over the mental hurdle of phone banking. Talk about that a little bit. 
Sure. Well, first of all, our, our whole concept was not to just have people casually signing on to national websites through Mobilize and so on, but actually we've formed teams with team leaders for groups of um, anywhere from four to 10 people was our idea. Um, and those teams get our own training, which is much more detailed than when you get uh, on a, a national website and there's a half hour where you're supposed to learn how to use Zoom and what the script is all about and so on. So we do a much more thorough briefing, plus our team leaders are available to help people over the hurdles. Uh, so for instance, uh, we talk in our training about fear of phoning and how to overcome it and tips that can make it a little bit easier. But if people still aren't feeling ready, they can ask to do some role playing with their team leader before they ever get on the phone so that they can begin to feel comfortable with the kind of script that, um, that the organization is using and the mechanics of it, you know, how the computer system works for a phone bank. You said something very interesting to a woman who was very reticent about doing uh, phone banking, who just came to it and was like, okay, I'll do this this one time, but I really don't want to. Um, share with that, <laughs> share with us, if you will, what you said to this woman to kind of get her over that. Sure. So back in 2020, um, a woman from Port Townsend, who I hadn't met yet, because we, at that point we were doing everything virtually, um, she said that she was willing to try phone banking, but she just wanted to guarantee that she was going to switch to texting because she couldn't stand the idea of phoning. On the other hand, the only thing she couldn't stand more than phone, the idea of phone banking was Donald Trump getting reelected. <laughs> so um, we worked with her on, you know, sort of how to do it and so forth. She'd never done phone banking before. She ended up being one of our top phoners in Wisconsin. And when she found out we were going to do this program for the midterms, she was the first person to say, I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> it was great. Oh, I love that story. That is so wonderful. Yeah, well, I just don't want Trump more. So think about that, gang. You know, we know what the alternative is right now. It's having a lot of these gavels in the hands of, of Republicans on committees and things like that. We definitely don't want that. And we don't want any more gridlock than we already have. So keep that in mind when you sign up for the things that you think you may not like. And furthermore, you may turn out to actually like them and really be good at them, as was the case with this one particular woman. You, know, you mentioned that you're focusing on building teams as opposed to individual action. I wonder if you could just unpack that just a little bit more. Why, why teams specifically? Well, one of the things we discovered when we did a similar program in 2020 was that teams help keep people energized. Um, there's a little bit of competition there, you know, how, how you made it, uh, your calls this week and so on. It's mutual support. And I think in a way that's going to be even more important this year because last time we had that incredible focus of don't let Donald Trump get reelected. We're, we're still feeling very anxious about the state of democracy, but it's a little bit more amorphous when you don't have one figure mm -hmm. to, to really galvanize um, all your attention. So we're hoping that, that the team approach will keep people on the phones. Um, there's one other aspect that's really was important in 2020 that we're already seeing happen now. And that is our teams can provide feedback to the, to the organizations we're working with on things that would improve the script or problems with the coding that, you know, a code that isn't really fitting the situations that, that we're coming up with and so on. So it's a two-way street. We help them and we, we organize and support people 
throughout. They don't have to do that kind of staff work. They can be freed up to do other sorts of things. Yeah, and I understand that people are really liking this approach, and particularly the people on the ground in Arizona. are You're, you're getting inquiries from uh, other states that want to emulate your model, yeah? Well, actually, the, the coordinator in Arizona that we work with asked if we'd be willing to train people in other states who would like to figure out a way to get involved in a more effective fashion. They love our training materials. Uh, we provide crib sheets that are, I think, a lot better than what, what many organizations put out because they're really designed to be something you can have beside you while you're phoning and give you quick access to information. And we do background papers so that our volunteers know a fair amount about uh, the, our two states, not just who's running for the for the office, but what are the demographics? Um, what are the, the main drivers in the economy? Just make, it makes people feel a lot more comfortable Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you're on the phone with somebody from a particular state, you know, there's a tendency, well, who is this carpetbagger? But if they know a little bit about the local economy and how things work, I think that really uh, makes a, a huge difference. I, I do want to just take a second to acknowledge kind of the elephant in the room when we talk about working in other states, because we acknowledge that there are absolutely important races here in, in Washington, not to, the least of which is the one that in my home district, Washington's 8th, we're, we're looking to uh, to reelect uh, Dr. Kim Schreier. But I wonder if you could just talk about the importance of focusing on other states as well. Well, first of all, let me just mention that we aren't ignoring Washington. I mean, we uh, have already told, for instance, um, the Indivisible chapter in the 8th that uh, we're available to try to galvanize our teams to help with a particular, a particular push, like maybe extra phone banking or something like that. But there are more active progressive people here in Washington state than, than in a lot of other places. And the help is desperately needed elsewhere. And for something like phone banking, if we can take on the burden of uh, a lot of the phone banking, let's say in Arizona, that frees up the local volunteers who live in Arizona to do the things we can't, to go door-to-door -door canvassing, for instance. And so they really see out-of-state volunteers as being an enormous help uh, for them in clearing up the voter lists in getting information out to people about how to do your mail-in ballot, all that sort of stuff can be done easily by phone or, or later on by text. Perfectly put, yeah. And and so if people are hearing things that they would like to get involved with here uh, in the work that you're doing, uh, how and where can they go to sign up? Um, they can go to the uh, Port Townsend Indivisible website. You can just Google it or whatever. It doesn't have to be Google, of course, but... Um, and you can get to our website or it's called ptindivisiblehuddle.org, um, but easy enough uh, to just Google it. And then at the very beginning of our website, we have um, a link to some information about our project and also the sign up form. And you don't have to even live in Washington state. So if people have friends and family in other places who wanna get involved, um, we've already got volunteers that are outside of Washington state in addition to, to local folks. Well, you know, you mentioned friends and family. Uh, of course, you're encouraging individuals to get uh, individuals. Rather, I make that mistake all the time. I don't know about you all. Uh, you know, the, my, my my dear dear listening and, and viewing audience. I'm, I'm I often mean to say individual, and indivisible will pop out of my mouth. Uh, it's just five years of training, I suppose. Um, but yeah, you're encouraging both individuals and groups to sign up because of the team approach, and not just indivisible groups, right? Exactly. I mean, we can either work with a group, for instance, we're already working with Indivisible Bellingham and with um, Indivisible Skagit, but um, people could put together their own teams, either just friends and family, 
a book club that wants to get involved, a pickleball team, uh, any group of people or individuals um, will assign uh, individuals to teams. And we've had people make good friendships through teams um, that just were an assemblage of folks from all over the place. I can imagine that is the case, as has been the case with many people who got involved in Indivisible here in Washington State. We made lifelong friends. Uh, so, you know, lemons, lemonade, all that good stuff. Annalie McConnell, it has been such a pleasure. Thank you for everything you're doing, and thank you for taking the time to talk about it today. And thank you, Stefan. We like what you're doing. It's great. Oh, thank you. The next up is Harris Schwartzreich. He is vice president of the board of Seattle Indivisible, and he runs the elections committee. So he is here to discuss more midterm midterm opportunities for you. Harris, how are you, man? I'm good. Good to be here. How are you? I'm good. It's it's really cool. Uh, I know that you guys are really ramping up right now. I, I was just talking with Ann Lee about how a lot of people have been kind of struggling to get motivated this year, mm, myself included. But that seems to really be changing now, right? Are you seeing people starting to get more engaged? Yeah, I think people are starting to check back in one by one. Um, we also have had a small core that have stayed with us through the off years and the special elections and stuff. Uh, but like now is a great time to get involved because there's just so many opportunities. So. Well, let's talk about some of those opportunities. Um, some of these are one time and, I, and a lot of these are going to be ongoing. So let's start with some of the recurring stuff that you have on offer. What are some of your recurring opportunities? Sure. So uh, we have a monthly Seattle Invisible Elections Happy Hour, which uh, is basically a meeting where we all bring our own things to work on and kind of do our democracy homework together and get to know each other and hang out for the hour. Um, and if you're not sure what to work on, we can get you hooked up into a letter writing or something like that. That sounds super social. All right. Very good. And it's a happy yeah. hour. So, you know, you can get a little buzz going there. That's cool. Um, so you also are doing a monthly phone bank with Center for Common Ground. Tell us about that. Yeah. So Center for Common Ground is a voting rights organization we've been uh, working with for a couple of years now, and they are focused on fighting voter suppression and in particular reaching out to voters of color in states where there's voter suppression and uh, making sure they have everything they need to vote. So uh, once a month, we do a phone bank based on whatever their priority is. Like right now, they're calling to get out the vote for the North Carolina primary and, and the Georgia primary. And um, the great thing about these phone banks is if you're uh, a little intimidated by phone banks, they're very easy. Uh, no auto dialer, one call at a time. And we leave voicemails when people don't pick up so we can reach even more people. Perfect. Yeah, it can be super intimidating doing <laughs> phone banging. I know from experience, and I know a lot of people watching and listening do as well. Uh, and I will mention actually also Center for Common Ground is so great because they're really reaching out to people who may not have known that they've been removed from voter rolls. So very, very valuable work there, very worth doing. Um, Vote Forward is another organization that I know that you're aligned with, and you're doing letter writing parties. Is that right? Yes. So if uh, you may have done Vote Forward letters before, they're the national uh, voter letter organization there where, where you stockpile vote uh, letters to send out in the fall. Uh, and we are having uh, every other month parties right now and um, and hoping to increase the rate of that as the year goes on. Uh, and basically, we'll just get you trained on writing letters and we hang out and write letters for the hours. And I'll also mention um, for for this, we have 
it, uh, we have a letter writing pickup point on Capitol Hill, which is uh, actually just my apartment. Uh, and if you uh, <laughs> if you email hello at Seattle Indivisible and ask for a stack of letters, we'll be happy to give you them in uh, increments of 20. And we know not everyone has a printer or uh, is comfortable navigating the website to download letters and addresses. So um, we want to make it as easy as possible. All you got to do is fill them out with a personal message and stuff the envelopes. Nice, man. Okay. And I, I love, first of all, I love all the social aspect to all of this. Where are these letters going? Where are they being directed? So they are, for the Vote Forward, they uh, have huge lists of uh, voters in swing states who are uh, underrepresented or they're likely Democratic voters um, that uh, they're trying to reach. And you can kind of pick, click into open campaigns and pick a state. And um, But what we have in our pre-printed letters are letters to Arizona, which is a very important swing state for multiple reasons. Absolutely. We've actually discussed that with Kevin Jones of Indivisible Vashon uh, on last week's show, talking about just all the reasons why Arizona is going to be so pivotal um, this year. There are a few other things that people can get engaged with. Uh, you guys do postcarding as well, yeah? Yes. Yeah, so this is also in partnership with the Center for Common Ground, reaching some of those same voters that we're trying to connect to through the phone banks. And uh, if you email us and ask to get set up, we'll also help you get supplies for that as well. And they have actually campaigns open also in Georgia and North Carolina. So one of the things that came out of the pandemic was text banking. So the uh, we're, we're familiar with that at this point. Are you guys doing text banking as well? So we're not hosting text banks. Uh, if you, We do have recommended text banks that we send out in our newsletters uh, and we can help people get set up on those. And if you want to bring them to one of our happy hours, uh, it's also <laughs> a good place to get. Uh, it all comes back to the happy hours. <laughs> I love that. I, yeah. I need a social aspect to get my homework done. Uh, so <laughs> for anyone who also needs that, it's a good space. I, I will I will see you there. I, we are kindred spirits <laughs> that way, my friend. And in, in, in many ways, we're kindred spirits. Um, so uh, I know that we've been talking here on the show a lot about uh, my home district's key race, which is Dr. Kim Schreier, her re-election campaign here in the 8th CD. Um, I know that uh, Seattle Indivisible is going to be organizing canvassing and bringing people out to my district. When is that going to be happening? So soon, we hope. We are, we're basically monitoring the Schreier campaign to see when their regular canvases get started and we are going to join and reinforce them. And so as soon as that happens, we will send out a blast and invite people to group outings and we will pair people up who are coming alone because it's more fun and more safe to canvas with a partner. Yep. And, uh, and if we're not too tired, we'll go out for coffee afterwards. Social. Again, social. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Always comes back to the social activities. So, and I will just uh, stress this. This isn't just for people in Seattle. Anybody can get involved around the state with the work that you're doing. Uh, I mean, obviously, provided if they're in Seattle, they can come for the social stuff. But even if they're not, there are still things that they can do with you, right? Yes. And, uh, you know, most of our events are still virtual now. So anyone is welcome to join on our Zooms and um yeah, we welcome anyone from anywhere in the state to join us. You are encouraging something for volunteers to use here that I had not heard of uh, before, but it sounds great. It's called the Seattle Indivisible Midterms Action Form. What is, it, what is that and what does it do? So this is basically a simple Google Doc. 
uh, where you can join our efforts uh, in our midterms push, even if you can't make our events, or if you prefer to work alone uh, in the, instead of, uh, you know, I prefer working socially, but not that's not for everyone. So if you want to sit alone and listen to a record and, and write letters, then you can, um, when you're done, you bookmark that form, you uh, fill, it, fill out how many voters you contacted, how many doors you knocked, how many letters you wrote, and it all goes into our big grand tally at the end of the year, we'll count up and see what our total impact was. I love that. I love being able to quantify uh, your impact. So it's super helpful, what I think, there. You know, a lot of these opportunities, in fact, almost all of them involve voter outreach. And I've been thinking a lot about uh, the importance of messaging. This is something you and I talked about when we were preparing for our talk today, just how to get people to motivated to vote. And then also the sorts of things that we want people to be saying to voters when they're interacting with them. How are you thinking personally about messaging when interacting with voters? Sure. Well, you know, some of it varies depending on the campaign we're working on. Since we have partners, we want to um, use the messaging of the partner organization. But as far as when we're interacting directly with voters, we, I think, and the lesson I've learned over the years is it's important to make a personal connection. Yeah. Tell something about yourself, like what what caused you to be out uh, standing in front of their doorstep with a clipboard that day. You know, what what is motivating to you and what do you care about in the world as opposed to trying to win a debate. Um, I think that's, uh, they'll re voters will remember that. Yeah, there's an authentic connection that happens there. And obviously, you know, people can always tell if you're sort of reading off of a checklist. And so making those personal connections, super important. You've thrown a lot out there, which I'm sure people are hearing certain things that they're interested in. Um, where should people go to kind of learn more and sign up? Sure. So if you're uh, interested in joining any of the events, you can go to our website, seattleindivisible.com and click on the events and sign up for one that works for you. And if you want to join our newsletter, you can email hello at Seattle Indivisible and ask to join the elections newsletter, which goes out once a month. And that's also where you can send any questions. Outstanding. I will have all that information in the show notes. Harris Schwartzweig, thank you so much, man. Thank you very much for having me. And Harris is a fellow musician, uh, and you should absolutely check his stuff out. It is really great. Uh, I'm going to have links in the show notes, but you should go to harrisface.bandcamp.com. And again, I'll have that link for you in the show notes. And we will go out today on one of Harris's tunes. Rather stay under the covers with you and avoid the tragedy of days. You radiate extra heat as a gift to me out in the gray, gray. Pull up my socks and down my hat. I bundle up. Inside a safety net. And that'll do it for this week. If you would like to see a video of this or any of our programming, head to facebook.com slash indivisiblepodcast. The website for the show is indivisiblepodcast.org and the email address is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at indivisiblepod. The executive producer of the show is Kat Pipkin and thanks as always to Lori Caldwell. My thanks as well to you for listening. I'm Stephen Cox. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. I will not fear the